Um, if you ever wondered if you are too involved in your in your children's lives, uh, this is a great conversation to have. Joining me on the line now is Lisa Son, uh, contributor and writer, opinion writer for EWN. Uh, we chat about our article, Just Let, Just Let Children Be. Lisa, welcome to Cape Talk Week and Early Breakfast. How are you doing? Very well, thanks. And yourself, Mark? I'm very, very well, thank you. Um, so this morning we're talking about, uh, it's not one of your latest publications, but it is um, an article that we haven't spoken about mm. yet. It's on the EWN website from about two months ago, and the title, Just Let Children Be. Mm. Um, and uh, it's a, from, from the gist of it is just about allowing your children to go through uh, primary school, high school, doing their own work, making their own mistakes without getting too involved uh, with the projects that they have to do. What? Yes. Why at this particular point did you feel the the need to write this? What was going on? Um, <clears throat> what's going on is that my son started at a new school, and at this at his new school, he has to do all his projects at school. So that doesn't impact me too much because he used to do his projects by himself at home anyway, by himself. And I just remember going through school with my I have a 24 year old son, so I've been in the schooling system for two decades, mm. and the too many parents who over-parent with regards to schoolwork and projects. And in fact, the children are missing out on so many life skills they can learn from failure, from redoing stuff, from being creative and using their own um, ideas and their own imagination to come up with how to organize themselves and do the project. So as parents, we're supposed to be guiding them, not doing the work for them. And I just see in later life how that actually impacts the children when they're spoon-fed or when the parents mollycoddle them and teach them that everything has to be perfect with your school project. Because it shows up everywhere else in your lives as well. It, it does. And I remember, I mean, you're saying that the, the, the change now, the new school that, that one of your kids mm. is in, they have to do their project at school. And, yeah. uh, and I was reading the article... Um, I, I remembered when we used to do a project at school, there used to be, uh, I can't remember if it was primary school or high school, but there'd be a period and they go like, this is what you have to do. You can mm. choose these topics and we'd mm. all go to the library. Yes. Like the whole class would go to the library and sit and find books and work there mm. and, you know, try and figure it out and the teacher would just walk around monitoring and we could ask questions, mm. but it was that kind of, you know, yes. not only did we learn how to sort of do something on our own, but we also learned how to use the library. Absolutely. I mean, recently on the radio, I heard about a guy from UCT who is charging something like 50 rand a page or something to do your assignments for you. So I didn't catch the whole conversation, but I thought to myself, how ridiculous is that? Mm -hmm. Because now what are those children learning? That their parents can pay somebody to do the assignment. His, his premise is that he will just get, they need to use that as a template. Yeah, but, but how that's, much more, that's, that's walking them through the thing step by step, so they're not actually putting any input in themselves. I mean, it's, it's, it's fortunate that, you know, you have that point of view and you have the experience of, mm. of having more than one child going through a schooling mm. system. Um, but there's a lot of parents that, you know, from their point of view, they just want the best for their child. And these yes. days it's so competitive going from yeah. a primary school to a high school, from a high school to university. And mm. a lot of people are guided by, a lot of parents are guided by those pressures mm. to ensure that their kids do well or have good marks. And I really want, I really want to encourage parents to start changing that narrative and that outlook. If you look around at how many young people are committing suicide, how many of them have addictions and eating disorders and all kinds of things from the pressure of having to be the best and not believing that what they are is good enough 
Um, so that we really need to change how we, th- how we think because the only way to stop that is to change our behavior. Mm-hmm. And what we, what we teach, I mean, we teach people how to treat us. So if we always want to be perfect and do everything perfectly, you raise an expectation that you'll always be doing everything 100%. It's humanly impossible mm-hmm. to always be operating at 100%. And also, um, also that, whole, that whole process of because um, you also describe in the in the in the in the article that you wrote how if you mm. help somebody too much they don't understand the process that you went through of of how Absolutely. to create how to create the model or the research yes. and they can't really explain it all these all they see yeah. it's, it's almost like just looking online and seeing something without understanding how it, it. gets put together. And I think the point of doing research is for you to develop an understanding, so you're not just memorizing something and regurgitating it. You're researching it, you're developing an understanding, an opinion about it, and then you're putting that opinion into your work, and that's your final result. What did you learn from it? You know, sometimes people misunderstand or they misinterpret the, the, the instruction, and in that misinterpretation is the learning as well. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, at university when I was at law school. Um, mm. One of the we wrote we wrote a property law exam, mm. and like seventy three percent of the class failed, yes. and because they 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 misunderstood the questions and other questions yes. needed to be answered. But the yeah. following the following uh, the following term when we wrote again, like mm. the whole class passed extraordinarily. Yes. You know, um, for those listeners that have just tuned in, this is Cape Talk Weekend Early Breakfast with myself, Mark Johnson. I'm in conversation with Lisa Son, contributor and opinion writer uh, for EWN. And we're talking about how parents could possibly be better guided or assist their kids better at school or through projects by being less involved. If you'd like to add to the conversation or you maybe have your own story uh, about helping out your kid or or maybe being a bit too involved, please call into studio on 021-446-0567. And, of course, we'll take your WhatsApp text and voice notes and any comments over there on 072-567-1567. As always, your SMSs on 31567. Normal SMS rates do apply. I'm not sure if you saw that story. It was, in the, uh, it was actually in the American News uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was a college admissions scandal where mm. rich parents and celebrity parents yes. were paying large amounts of money to universities, to coaches, to get their yes. kids into university. I can assure you it happens in South Africa. Mm. It happens all over the world. <laughs> it doesn't make it right. But certainly I think highlighting the problem by having it be a celebrity or somebody well-known um, is a way to just raise awareness that this is happening and that you will be caught out and you will be bringing shame to your child. And a lot of the kids didn't even, some of the kids didn't even know. Yes, um, the parents were doing yeah. that. And that's, I mean, I think that's one of the situations where you have to start off young, you know, from a young age. Yes. Uh, don't get too involved. Otherwise, your kids are always going to be cushioned and they're going to need assistance. Yeah. And they're not going to to solve problems, not going to to fill in yeah. application forms. Um, when I, as, as I was growing up, Mm. Uh, we we moved around a lot. Yes. So every two years, because of my father's work, we'd move around. Yeah. And my first day of school in grade one or back then sub A, uh, my my mother took us to school. My mother took myself and my brother to school. Mm. Two years ahead of me, I started grade one. He started a new a new uh, school, grade three. So it's two grades ahead. Mm. Of me. And she dropped. She she took us in and got us registered. Yeah. Then after that, every two years for primary school, we would change schools, and that was the last time my mother took us in. Mm. After that, every time we went to a new school, they just drop us at the gate, and we'd 
go follow the make, procedure of getting registered, of getting... And, and honestly, Mark, how has that impacted your life? Doesn't it make you more confident, more secure about your own ability to actually get things sorted out yourself? Yeah, it does. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still terrible at admin uh, today. <laughs> but when it comes yeah, to... Yeah, but you know, you know what you know what has to, to, to happen, even yeah. if you don't do it. You exactly. know what has to happen, and you know what your responsibilities are. At some point, you can be accountable for it, whether it works or doesn't work. Yeah, exactly, exactly. At school, I mean, I from the first day of school, our children used to look at us like, you can go now, you know? And I mm. think that you that's something that you help your children with before their school-going age, but just helping them to be more independent. And I must say, we were I was very hands-on. I mean, I was very curious, my children, uh, what, the, what the rules were from mm. the time they were very small. Um, and so... So, I mean, some people find it amazing that we just drop the children at the gate. Obviously, we have to see that they're safe and off they go, but they kind of blow a kiss and off they go and find a classroom. Sometimes I find a classroom when we go for that first meeting with the teacher every term. And for me, I think that's better. I think it also works for the teacher that to not have parents in the class in the morning when she just wants to greet the children and get them settled. Um, I don't know. I think that's just, it, it's, a, it's a different way of thinking. You know, you have to make the children understand that you trust them and that you're confident and that you support them. Because I don't feel like my children feel unsupported. They're supported in everything else and they're supported in the confidence that they can get themselves to the classroom. They can remember to bring all their things home. And when they don't, they're responsible for going to find it. I'm not standing at Lost Property with five to go and get the uh, jersey. That's your job and that's what you must do during break or as soon as you have a, a minute. But that's that, that whole thing of confidence, you know, because mm. these days I think there's either it's just because it's being more publicized or maybe it's actually because it's, it's, it's true, but there are a lot more kids with insecurities and yeah. you know, um, lacking confidence yeah. and having social anxiety issues. Yes, for sure. And it may be always needing well affirmation. Yeah. You know, always, there's some children you ask them stuff and before they answer their eyes dart to their parents. Mm. It's just like it's a simple question, yes or no, or do you want some cool drink, or, you know, do you want to come for the play date? So we need to install that in the kids, because when they go into the world, there's nobody there. You are on your own. You have to, be, to have those life skills to be able to make choices and be accountable for, for those choices that you make. Um, and it's a process. I mean, I know parents who have, say they have one child. I think that child is privileged to have a lot more tension than people with multiple mm. children. But I also know a lot of independent single children. Mm. So it's not even about how many children you have. What do you think um, it, what do you think it is about? Do you think it could be like in the more affluent families, um and I'm just looking at the term now, there could be more of that mm. hel- helicopter parenting is what it's called when a parent mm. pays I don't know if it's I don't know if it's affluence that influences it. It might be time. Um it might be the parent's own insecurities. It might be, as you say, that the parent thinks that they're doing what is best for their child. And they actually only realize it if they do, when that child goes out into the world of work. Mm. Um, and there's nobody to double-check anything with. You have to make your own choices, your own decisions, and plan and organize your life on your own. I'm just looking at the term now that's called helicopter parenting or mm. uh, uh, cosseting parent, which is a cosseter. A parent who pays extreme close attention to a child's, a child's or children's experience and problems, particularly at educational institutions. Helicopter mm. parents are so named because, like helicopters, they are over, they hover over it, overseeing every yeah. aspect of their child's life constantly. There's and I can, you can see the children 
sometimes they feel comfortable and safe in that or they feel embarrassed as they get older they like they feel you know you can see that they just want to be independent, a little bit independent and yeah. it's, i think it's extremely frustrating for teachers as well to have parents constantly phoning if you have a school whatsapp group or something ask the questions there to other parents um but those helicopter parents will be contacting the teachers outside of school hours, over weekends, and it's really an infringement and uh, an intrusion on the teacher's time. Yeah. And that's definitely not in your child's interest. I mean, you mentioned you mentioned that the whole WhatsApp group uh, with, the, with the parents mm. are already involved as well. Do you, have you ever tried to have a conversation with, with parents or with your friends who have kids as well, or do they find it that now you you can't tell them how to raise their kids? Like, Have you ever had, tried to have that conversation? Uh, um... I had an experience once where the school bus had a puncture. They were coming back from a from a camp, and I think my son was in grade five or something. And parents on that, and so they were going to be an hour later than they would have been. And some parents were saying things, do you think the kids will be hydrated? And I sent a note, and I said, guys, there's so many things these children can learn from a puncture. Things happen, you can't control everything. Punctures happen. Yeah. And I actually got bullied. <laughs> If it was possible to bully me, I actually, I, I went to the school to collect my son. I left the door open because I thought, I'm not going to go stand around. I don't normally do that. But I'll leave the door open. And somebody walked past and she said, mm, very profound, Lisa, in the nastiest way possible. And another person walked past and said, thank you for speaking up on that group. I'm too scared to say anything on that group. And I actually just found it so amusing because we adults. And then we get upset when our children are bullied, but we bully each other. Yeah, and then we get stuck on the road and how to change a tire or to fix a puncture. Exactly. <laughs> and the children never learn to be inconvenienced mm. and never learn that these things happen, that's life. And there are much worse things that can happen on a school trip than a puncture. <laughs> so uh, so what, do we, what do we do? I mean, what, so what do we do as as potential parents, as future parents, as, you know, like our listeners, um, who maybe also have the problem of being too involved. How do we take the, how do you think we take the first couple of steps? The into? first thing is to continue having these conversations. Um, the second thing is to give parents the confidence that there isn't a textbook on how to do this right. You have to do what is in your child's interest, not what's in your interest. And then maybe look around and see who the children are that are flourishing and the parents are that are thriving. And I mean that in the best possible terms with their relationship with their children. How do their children show up in the playground? And, you know, start emulating that behavior. This is Cape Talk Weekend Early Breakfast with myself, Mark Johnson. I'm in conversation with uh, Lisa Son, um, opinion contributor and uh, writer for EWN. We're chatting about... Uh, one of our articles that's on the EWN website, Just Let Children Be, an opinion piece about how parents uh, sometimes very often get too involved in their kids' lives and actually stunt the, the development, the emotional development or the, 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 the development of their own personalities and their confidence. If you have a story to tell us or you'd like to share your opinion on the matter, please call into studio on 021-446-0567 and then of course on WhatsApp. Uh, for your texts and voice notes on 0725671567. Uh, I'm Mark Johnson with you all the way through till 6 o'clock this morning uh, as we go through uh, these interesting conversations. Did you, as, as you were raising your kids, mm. did you at some point have to make a conscious choice to, no, step back and let them be, or was this... I did. <laughs> My son was in grade one, 
And he was very excited one day when I did get out of the car to go with him to school. And then as he got to the, it was like a little play hut, and he stepped in, and I just heard two boys saying, get out of here, you can't play with us. And my instinct was to say, who said that? And I looked in, and I saw my son's face, and he said, Mom, just leave it, you know. But he was standing, I can't forget the feeling, because I, I walked to my car crying. He was standing, and he was grabbing the, the, the cuffs of his blazer. Because firstly, I was in, embarrassed that they responded like that to him, firstly in front of me, and then secondly, that I just immediately stepped in. And in that moment, I decided, if I need to step in, I must get my children's permission. So when they got bullied at school or somebody was nasty to them, I'd ask them, what do you want, what can I do? What do you want me to do? And sometimes they say, Mom, it's fine, I've got it handled. And other times they say, I need you to talk to them or talk to the parents, and then I do that. And that makes a very big difference because it then made it safer for them to tell me when something negative was happening at school.